Yes, Father, there is a war, and you have overcome. So we thank you, Lord God, that your will be done, O God, on earth and and through us, as it's being done and declared in heaven. The battle belongs to you. All the battles, Lord God, belong to you. We thank you, Jesus, that you defeated Satan when you died on the cross, which looked like pure defeat for you. But you rose from the dead, and you led captivity captive, and you brought back the keys, and you gave us the keys of the kingdom. And you said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Whatever you lock is locked. Whatever you unlock is unlocked. Lord, give us courage. Give us faith. Give us diligence and, and the power of your authority and your Holy Spirit to use those keys where they need to be used, Father God, and not to be uh, let the devil pull the rug out from under us in all kinds of uh, attacks and, and few confusions and unbelief, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you are the God who prevails, even though Satan, the God of this world, is doing everything he can to crush, crush your world right in front of your eyes. I thank you, Lord God, that you've promised through your word that you cannot lie. And today, as we look into your word, let the hearts and the, and the, and the souls and the lives of the people who have been trashed and devastated by the enemy take heart again with hope. Let this message be filled with hope and resolve to do your will to stand and having done all to stand and to stand in the evil day and withstand. Father God, to understand that the battle has already been won. I thank you, Lord, that we can work and, and move from victory to victory. I thank you, Lord, that the promise that no weapon formed against us will prosper still stands today in the midst of all these things Satan is trying to do to penetrate through the protections, the walls uh, that you have put around us, the, the hedges. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you love us you are in favor of us. You want us to win, and we have already won through your favor, blessing, and through our faith in you, Lord God. I thank you for protecting our families, those who work for us, pray for us, love us, and the many that have come and are listening to this radio broadcast, that there will be encouragement today, that there will be hope restored, that we will deal with and reject the counsels of doubt, fear, double-mindedness, discouragement, and whether, whatever other things, hopelessness, despair that the devil would throw at us, Father. We reject those things now. We thank you for the wisdom of God. We thank you for the counsel of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Lord God, that you speak your word and you cannot lie. So cause us to go with courage through these times in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, we're talking about a very uh, <laughs> tough, difficult subject today. Well, you know... Giving up on God. Giving up on God. Giving up on God. And, and there are a lot of people that... Um, are tempted. Are tempted or have just said, you know, forget this God business. Mm-hmm. And, um, you live. know, why would anybody give up on God? Because it's hard to follow God because it's all... it's You know, people, we talk about spiritual warfare, and I think people just kind of for a while... Just want to ignore that, forget that. We're going to go play our games. We're going to go do our thing. And we're just going to pretend like there is no war. But it's getting pretty personal, you know, as people move towards Mm -hmm. the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And things are getting much more personal in their lives. Actually, they're being affected. Uh, They're seeing and hearing. We're all seeing and hearing a lot of tragedies, a lot of um, 
devastating things that are happening to people, just shocking and sad. And, you know, we're going to hear more and more of that, I think, because I don't think I know, because of the fact of what we've already been exposed to in all the ways that Satan has tried to kill the human being uh, and mess up his DNA. Yeah, and we see the activity of Satan in the life of Job. We go way, way, way back, and, uh, you know, the enemy took and uh, killed his servants, took his wealth, um, killed his family, uh, and then his health was was attacked and uh yeah. but in the midst of that job it said he shaved his head he tore his clothes he, as a sign of mourning mm-hmm. and then he bowed down and he worshiped he, re, he, 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 he didn't accuse god with doing anything wrong yeah. he doubled down on the fact that he was going to trust god and it was interesting satan had to come to god twice for job because the first time he didn't cave and the second time he didn't cave but we really need to understand that with the book of job there is a uh, there's a, a story, a lesson, a real point to this very long and somewhat tedious and boring book because in the beginning we see how it all goes down. The devil has come to tempt us. And like Jesus said to Peter, Satan has desired to have you to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And when you are strengthened, he, Jesus, you're going to get strengthened, you're going to get through this, then strengthen your brethren. And so, but to understand, I think, the anatomy of a test of a trial, because otherwise, everything is designed, Jerry, everything is designed to make God look bad, like he's judging us, like he's mad at us, like we broke the law, we're guilty, and now God is bringing punishment. The devil is never put into that equation for most people. Yeah, and Job's wife, of course, she's grieved, she's lost her family, lost her wealth, Mm -hmm. Um, and, and she says to Job, do you still hold to your integrity? I mean, you've been... Uh, an honest man of God, a follower of God, mm-hmm. serving and helping and encouraging other people. But Satan even he says, "Are you going to hold on to that?" And he said, "She says at one point, she says, curse God and die.' Just yeah. forget this. Let's Get out just, of this let, thing. Let's easy. just give up on God." Yeah. Well, you know the thing is, um, in that particular story, if you will look, everybody who came to be a comforter of Job, including his own wife, was used by the enemy to undermine his his de- determination to stand and having done all to stand. So don't be shocked if the people around you say, well, you don't just give up it, this God thing. You know, what do you think? Uh, you had it coming. I mean, yeah. this is just the fruit of, of, of reaping. And, and so you have a lot of, and Job's friends did the same thing. You must have sinned. What was the sin? And they were, they were bullying Job actually with their philosophies and their religious ongoing to, to get him to admit to a sin that he didn't commit. And also the other temptation was for him to get bitter against God for not helping him. So in the middle of the test where you are right now, you are tempted. I am tempted to give up and or get going. Get up and get going. You can give up or get up. You can give up or get up and get going and stand on God's word. Go find some scriptures that will help you to stand in, in God because that's the where we're at right now. The testing of our faith, the refining of our faith. Yeah, well, in in Genesis chapter sixteen, you know, God before that, Genesis twelve, and and on, God had um, promised Abraham. Yeah, he, he's going to have a Talk son. Talk about Abraham, and he waits. You know, it it ends up being what twenty five years. Yeah, I mean, tw- years yeah. years go by. All of a sudden, well, let's just take this into our own hands. Sarah suggests, you know, just let's go. Do it our you, way. You know, our, let's yeah. go into your um, Hagar 
your 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 and, servant, your maid servant, and you know maybe this is how God is going to do it is through her, and and it was a, yeah. it was a huge mistake, but God is is redeeming and overriding that. Yet at, at the same time, you know, they were tired of waiting. Well, not only that, but here's the deal: when you know, going back to Job for a minute, the same story happened with Abraham. Um, if you look in the other, uh, like the book of Joshua, for example, it explains how in the world God could have told um, Abraham after 25 years of waiting and after finally Isaac is born to kill his, sacrifice his son. And if you look at this request from God, it makes no sense. And so a lot of times we're put through tests that make no sense to us at all. And it seems like God is actually doing exactly the opposite of what he said he would do. Um, and so it becomes very confusing to us. And so, but, but Abraham knew the voice of God. It says, Mastama came to God, Mastama the Satan, came to God and said, um, you notice that since you've given Isaac to Abraham, Abraham doesn't even talk to you anymore. He hasn't, didn't invite you to the weaning party or the birthday party. And so, and, and so then no more discussion. And then he says to God, he says, tell Abraham to kill Isaac. So God, here, here the deal is, on both of these cases with Job and Abraham, God is the one who is being tested before us. Satan wants to put God to the test, get us to judge God as being not faithful, not keeping his word, not trustworthy, and so that we will fall away from God. So it's all about making God look bad. And because we don't understand that the devil is the one bringing the, the demonic reciprocities, the, uh, the demonic judgments, um, and he is the one bringing all of these painful things and making it look like God because we don't realize that we do fall for his trick, his divination, his deception, making it look like God is, again, divination, making good look bad, bad look good, making God who's very good look very bad. And so we judge God as, where is he? I prayed, you know, I fasted, I did all this stuff and God doesn't hear me. And now he took my daughter away or he killed my son or he, or he let me have this terrible accident. I lost my job or now I can't do the thing I wanted to do. And so, but, and so we're tempted and so we're tempted, but God is the one being tested because Satan is basically saying to God in Job, you can't keep him. I can push Job to the point where he'll give up on you. I can push Abraham to the point where he'll think you're crazy and walk away from you. I can do that. And God says, no, 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 I've got this. I've got this. And so this test that, that we think we're going through is really God is the one being tested and we're like the test piece. Yeah, and... A lot of times what happens is we have certain expectations. Mm -hmm. We think of how it's going to be, how it should be. And we think, oh, God, you know, you can just, anytime you want to, you can overrule the activity of the enemy. Mm -hmm. And and the question is, okay, Lord, how come you're not? You could smack Satan anytime you wanted to. But you just kind of let them go on and on and on and on and on. Yeah. But, you know, and another thing, too, is that people come to Christ and they think, well, I've been promised the abundant life. I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to have righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, and mm-hmm. which is what you do have. But Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace, but mm-hmm. a sword. It said you when you come to Christ, you, you get in conflict with the world system. You get, yeah, you're, right, you're, exactly. You're, you're, he says... So that's why we have the sword. Yeah, he said, you know, people are going to come against you, your own family members, father, daughter, mother, daughter-in-law, mother-in-law, man's foes shall be uh, mm-hmm. those of his own household. 
And so it's a matter of taking up the cross, Jesus said, and following after well, me. And, and so we seek so to find So the Prince your, of Peace here, the, this flip side, the, he's bringing a sword, Jesus is, and he's called the Prince of Peace. But the, the, we have this coin, the, the truth. And on one side, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. On the other side, he, because this world is wicked, there has to be a division. There has to be an opportunity for people to take a side, whether you're on God's side or not. So that, so when Jesus comes, he's like the, the dividing line. He's like the, uh, you know, okay, are you going to cho- choose to serve God or not? So because of that, you know, that's an opportunity to have to choose God, it becomes a, a source of division. Well, in people. Christ, we have peace with God and we have the peace of God. Mm-hmm. Within within us, yet at the same time, yeah. you know we're in this conflict with this yeah. world system and people yeah. that don't understand. And we're what's no match on. for the world system. And so we think, you know, Jesus said, "Okay, you follow me, you're stepping into a war here." Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, exactly. And so he says in another place, he said, "You count the cost." Yeah. Someone that's sitting down to build a building. You, you count the cost. You see, what what's it going to cost me? What am I going to have to do to get well, this done? And so a lot of people, we don't want to present that to people often. We just say, well, you know, just come to Jesus and everything will be okay. just fine without saying, you know what, um, this is good. You know, things okay. are going to work out fine. But in the meantime, yeah, you're going to have a lot of conflict to deal with. You know, when he says count the cost, he says, um, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. He says, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Uh, and that that overcoming and counting the cost, he says, he who seeks to save his life will lose it. He who loses it for my sake will keep it. So the way we actually prevail in this battle, in the various battles against us, is to let go of ourself, um, lose ourself, and and al- allow the Lord God to carry us and do what he wants to, to carry us to the place of victory. Because here's the deal. The, the faithfulness of God is what is being tested. Satan is testing us to get all of the tests we ever go through, all the trials, all the troubles, all the evil, all the horrible things are all tests based on one thing. It's always the same thing. Will you trust God in this or not? Mm-hmm. Will you try to figure it out yourself? Will you try to squirm out of it? Will you try to find another way out like Abraham and Hagar? Or will you wait and wait on, on the Lord? And God takes his time. Because he is in control of everything. So he's not freaking out and panicky. But there's a couple of things going on with this idea of the war. We are in the end times. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you, don't, you have to read your, your news, your Twitter, your safe chat, whatever you're reading, uh, your gap, gab, I should say. And, and you'll find out that there is no justice in this world. Absolutely not. And that's very frustrating to the righteous. But that's not our job. It's not our job right now to bring justice it is our job to let our light so shine before God that they may, uh, before men that they may see our good works and glorify God. But in the book of Daniel, and I've been thinking about this verse for quite a bit lately, and it's not a fun verse. It's really not a fun verse at all. In chapter seven of Daniel, it's pretty straightforward. He says in verse twenty-one, um, I'm going to read twenty-one through maybe twenty-seven. Or Jerry, you can jump in too. Um, uh, let's see. I was watching, and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them until the Ancient of Days came, and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High, and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. So here we have it. In the last days, which are now, uh, there is going to be, and we are in the midst of a, of a war. And it's, it's a war that's wearing out the saints, prevailing against them, discouraging them, stealing from them, making them sad, ripping them off, throwing them in jail, 
um, literally, um, stealing and taking and killing their children, um, killing their loved ones, weakening their bodies. Uh, and it says in, as we go forward, um, in verse 25, he's talking about the 10 horns and the 10 Kings. And we're obviously in that place of the book well, of revelation. It's a, yeah. It's a spirit of antichrist among, you know, leaders. It is maybe at this, at this point we are maybe just previous to, to the rise of the antichrist, which is an accumulation of a lot of antichrist. But anyway, uh, and then he becomes the figurehead for the anti-God movement. Um, he shall, verse 25, he shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High. The word persecute there means wear out. Yeah. And Just shall intend, yeah, and in, intend to change times and laws, which we see all kinds of mandates and executive orders and laws and times and things changing and changing of definitions. Uh, recession now has got a new definition. Anything that doesn't fit the agenda of the narrative, Satan has had, has no, he has no shame about even being bold-faced and blatant in now what he does in, in the, in the right out there in the open um, to do his damage. But, and then it says, then, then the saints shall be given into the, into his hand for a time and times and half a time. Now this means what it says for three and a half years, the saints will be given into his hands. I don't know if we've started that talk uh, that uh, uh, ticking talk clock whatever time at this point i don't know if that three and a half years has begun it sure seems like it um we see that the white horse has ridden and is riding the red horse has ridden and is riding the black horse is coming down the road as fast as he can and the spirit of death is now reaping what the white horse set up and so um mm. three and a half years um and but verse 26 listen to this daniel seven twenty six. but the court shall be seated the court of heaven, I'm sure. And they shall be taken away, and they shall take away his dominion, that would be who, the Antichrist, to consume and destroy it forever. Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. So we're going to get the kingdom in the end. And it's that's, good. That's a th- yeah. That's it's a thing. It's a hope, to, but but there's a lot of get to in it to get to it. Right to get to it. It's yeah. like okay, now we're in the midst of all this helly stuff going on, mm-hmm. and and Betrayal. it's like ultimately, ultimately, okay, there's going to be victory and um, uh, prosperity, and there's going to be righteousness and renewal and all that stuff. And sometimes it just seems like it seems like almost the word of God. You can interpret it that as the word of God seems to be mocking us because there's pro, there's promises promises of all this wonderful stuff, restoration and renewal and, and um, great outpourings of blessing. Yet in the meantime, okay, okay, Lord, okay, you're doing that right. In the meantime, I'm getting the snot beat out of me <laughs> yeah. uh, with with all this. Well, uh, attack from the enemy, even right. though I am serving you. But the point is, will we believe God? Will we, um, you know, faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Will we stand in having done all trust in God or in what it looks like and feels like? And that's a whole battle. Are you going to give in to the symptoms? Are you going to give in to the opinions what it of looks others? Like. Are you going to give in to the injustices you see in the news? Are you going to give in to the, the, the narrative of Satan? Are you going to just capitulate or are you going to stand trusting that it is not you who brings this victory? You know, you know, we die, you know, this, you know, reckon the old man dead. 
So it's God's battle. God has already won this battle. And right now we're in the, in the heat of that opportunity to stand and having done all to, to be victorious and overcome with God, just like Job, just like Abraham. And so... Um, so what, what happens is that we attribute... A lot of people get discouraged because they're attributing to God. all this evil mm-hmm. stuff to God. Absolutely. Okay, if God loves me so yep. much, why is all this stuff going on? Why isn't he doing something? And it's basically, we think, uh, well, God, you could certainly stop it. And, and theoretically... Of course, he has power to stop it. But, I mean, the time, everything to everything, there's a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. So, and basically in Jeremiah, uh, in uh, chapters uh, 1, 1 and verses 17, chapter 4, verse 18, Isaiah one twenty three, there are, God says, okay, all these things, don't blame me for this. He mm-hmm. says, "You have the, all these catastrophes Calamities. that are happening. Mm-hmm. You brought this them on yourselves because you have forsaken me." Right? They have believed lies. They were seduced by the treachery and the lies and the deception of the God of this world, who held them in sway and pulled them into the snares and the traps. And then we get mad at God, but we have to understand that God has given us a free will, and because we have a free will, He has backed off of his perfect will and has to permit what we have uh, declared because he's given us authority to make decisions. And so we're blaming God for what we were tricked into doing and now mad at God because he doesn't, uh, you know, we jumped off the temple, uh, top of the temple, and he didn't catch us because we were, you know, either testing God or didn't believe that it was that big of a deal. And we're not, I'm not here to blame us or to take blame. What I'm here to tell you is that we have been tricked into believing lies. And, the, and, and Satan is the father of lies. And he makes the lies look good for the time, for the moment, like it's an easy out, like it's going to work. And yet he is only after one thing, and that is the destruction of the relationship between us and God. That's all he wants to do is prove God to be wrong in making us in the first place because we are higher than the angels, we're right. We're the sons and daughters of God. So Satan is very jealous, very angry, and he hates our DNA. And he is trying to do everything. And most of the people in the world, it would appear, I'm not saying it is, but it would appear that many, not all, because the quiet ones, the silent ones, the true ones are probably not making as much noise because they're busy following God. But, you know, there's many that have taken the, the bait and follow Satan. Um, now, let's look into Isaiah 41 in the midst of all of this catastrophe in your life, you have to go back to the Word of God. You have to find verses in the Word. Get your pen out. Find the verse. Underline the promise that God has for you today. Put a date by it. Put the situation by it. Put a name by it and stand on it. That's all. You know, that's what Job did. He says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. My Redeemer lives. He mm-hmm. he didn't know about the cross yet. He didn't know about Jesus dying, but he had this revelation and that's what he stood on. He only had a revelation. He didn't have the actual fact We've got the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. He so ha- he had the revelation, and through all that his, he went through, mm-hmm. he came to a greater revelation. And the bottom line on that story, the the end ch- result was not that Job had a better revelation of God, which everybody stops right there. But the bigger part of that story was God was saying, "Pray for your friends who have not spoke that which is right concerning mm-hmm. me, because they have blamed me." indirectly for all your calamities because they're saying, I'm mad at you because you sinned. And therefore they had to get Job to sin so that their theory would work. But because he wasn't, they couldn't find a sin. They were upset because they couldn't pin it on him. And God says, I didn't start this. 
this was not my idea and it wasn't and it's never God's idea it's only God's idea to bless you because if you're not if God is half the time bad and half the time testing you and half the time you know you know you don't know where he's at so how in the world can you relate to someone you don't know where they're at are they in are they out do they love you do they not this is the the whole test God has got to be consistently good all the time or he's not good at all Mm -hmm. and so this is where you need to stand that God is not a liar this stuff is bad really bad God said it's going to get really really bad but he's going to you know bring it around so that we rule and reign with him and the court is going to be seated and we're going to get our justice but in the meantime you know like I said get your bible and out and get a pen and I'm going to put I'm going to read you a couple of um uh, verses and sometimes you know when something is so instantly shockingly immediately uh, critical, like it's just, you know, in the very midst of what is, you know, you don't know if this is going to go this way or that way. A lot of times what I will do is I will flip my Bible open, literally, and ask God to show me. Well, first I'll ask God to show me. or I, Him and I got this agreement already. I don't have to say, oh, show me, please. But I just flip my Bible because I'm saying, Holy Spirit, you know the word in here that I need to see right now. And then when he gives it to me, that calms my heart down. That's the word I can stand on. I put a date by it. I put a name by it. And um, I will give you a, a, a verse. Um, let's see. It's in Isaiah 41. Beautiful chapter, uh, starting with... Um, verse 10. Yeah, with verse 10. He says, um, uh, let's see. Well, I'm going to just, I'm just going to start at 9 because it's nice. You whom I've taken from the ends of the earth and called from the furthest regions and said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and have not cast you away. Okay? Fear not. For I'm with you. Be not dismayed. For I'm your God. I will strengthen you. So I was reading this in the middle of a ER situation in a hospital. Okay. Um, be not dismayed. For I'm your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who were incensed against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. They shall be as nothing, and those who strive with you shall perish. You shall seek them and not find them. Those who contend with you, those who take you to court, those who put liens against your life, those who falsely accuse you, those who get you in trouble at the workplace, those who try to turn the whole church against you, those who stir up divination and witchcraft against you, those who seek you, they seek to destroy you. You will seek them and not find them. Those who contend with you, those who war against you, shall be as nothing, as a non-existent thing, like they never happened, like they never even were, because that's how God, how deeply God's going to wipe this thing off. Um, For I, the Lord, your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. Fear not. Behold, I will, you know, then he goes on to say, I'm going to make you a war instrument, a threshing sledge with sharp teeth to thresh the mountains. I'm going to use you in the very places where Satan is trying to destroy you. I am using you. And so, um, and then he says in 43, Isaiah, uh, fear not, for I've redeemed you, verse 1. I've called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. This is God putting himself on, uh, on well, on, on display, making himself available, putting himself on the line. I will, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Um, you are precious in my sight. You have been honored. I loved you. Therefore, I've given men for you, people for your life. Fear not, for I'm with you. I will bring your descendants, your backwards, backslidden children from the east and gather them from the west and from the north and say to them, give up from the south. Do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. 
So God is actually very much involved in your battle, in your fight right now. He's very present. He's not unaware of it. He's not too busy doing something else. Um, But we have to remember that we have to be able to receive these truths. And the only way you can receive these is to ask God to remove the spirit of condemnation, accusation, and guilt. If we feel bad, like we've sinned, like we didn't do something right, then if you believe you sinned, confess your sin to God. And he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And it doesn't take him 20 years to do it or two weeks. He will do it right now if you're willing. So repent, humble yourself, humble, 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 surrender to God, give the situation to God and let God do what he's going to do. And you be at peace because there's probably not much more you can do about any of it, except to rejoice, give thanks in everything. Praise God. So those are the things you can still do. Um, uh, He's, he's, he's just, he says here in uh, Isaiah chapter 40, 46, um, remember the former things of old, for I'm the Lord your God and there's no other. I'm the God and there's none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying to my, my counsel will, will stand and I will do all my pleasure. Uh, he says, indeed, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I've purposed it. I will also do it. And he doesn't want us to be stubborn. He doesn't want us to be afraid. Um, bring God, Jesus is our righteousness. His salvation shall not linger. Um, I think of in um, the book of Revelation, chapters two and three, about the churches there in, in Asia, which would be Asia Minor, not Philippines or someplace. But it's all, the promises are there for the overcomers. E- each church had things that they had to deal with and to to overcome and the promises were for those who overcome and so in order to overcome something yeah there there's a fight right and i mean a a, battle a game a war there's overcoming that's necessary in order to be in the place of victory and jesus said you know john 16 33 in the world you shall have tribulation Mm -hmm. you're going to have trouble you're going to have persecution you're going to have war but he says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Mm-hmm. So he's he's here to give us all the help that we need. He's faithful. And we and another thing, Marjorie, is that it's important for us to have an eternal perspective. It's a little, right. it's a little hard because we're so creatures of time. We got, you know, it's everything in the here and now. Here and now. Mm-hmm. Not the and, and some people live in the great by and by. So, you know, they're so... Yeah, I know. Heavily, but there's not too many of those left not anymore. Too many, <laughs> not too many. They just want to get out of here. But then, yeah. you know, we've got work to do here. Yeah. Uh, but well, in first what Corinth- matters is that what God happens, is faithful. God is faithful. That's the bottom line. His, he's faithful to his word. Yeah. yeah. In First Corinthians um, 10, uh, 13, he says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to men. But God is faithful, who will, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you're able to bear it. And this is how we build character and, re, and uh, relationship with God. We're in a tough spot. God gives us a way of escape. We cry out. God helps us. And many times, you know, we, we, we don't believe God's helping us. We believe God didn't hear our prayers. We, God did the opposite. Because we don't have the understanding that it is God who is taking this test and he's giving us the strength to pass the test so that he will speak to the enemy and say, I have been able to keep them because I am faithful. 
I will never leave them or forsake them. I will not leave them orphans. I will not abandon them. And this is the big test for the end days. Are we going to believe God that God is able to keep us or not? Yeah. Are, are we going to yield to the pressure and just give up on God because things are too hard? Or are we just going to keep trusting him no matter what? Margie, you quoted it earlier. Job says, even if God kills me, I'm still going to trust him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and, and he says, be thou faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. And uh, in the book of Lamentations. Yeah, right in the uh, middle of a devastation when Israel was just destroyed. Uh, Jeremiah is looking around, and here's in the middle of this prayer of, of looking at all the tragedy, this is what he says. In Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 through um, 26. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. Mm -hmm. The Lord is my portion, Mm -hmm. says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him to the soul who seeks him. Mm -hmm. It is good that one should hope and and wait quietly for the salvation of of the the Lord. Wait quietly. I just thought of this. You know, Job was uh, patient. He didn't say much in the middle of his trial, which he didn't know what to say anyway because he didn't know what was really going on because he didn't get privy to the conversation between God and Satan. Um, so uh, here's the thing: when when this all the bad news comes and all the the, the phone call and the this and the that and um, the first thing you want to do is not say anything except to just be quiet because any words you might give to that that calamity that tragedy that trouble any words that Satan can squeeze out of you uh, that would be unbelief or anger or frustration he will try to use those words against you to just to um, undermine your faith later yeah and when all these tragedies happened in Job's family in Job chapter 1 to his life it says he did not sin with his lips yeah he just kept his mouth shut and what did he do mm-hmm. he took it to god he he bowed down mm-hmm. and he worshiped. worshiped he worshiped so father god we thank you for the options we have to rejoice be thankful and worship and you know lord in all these things that look so big nothing is beyond you so we give you praise today right now think about right now in your mind in your life something that is not that's intimidating that's standing in front of you that's scary that you're going through. Father God, we pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ that you'd give us your peace, your perspective, that these things aren't big. They're not big compared to you because you are greater and your love for us will prevail in this matter. And we will not speak against you out of the urgency of a moment of panic or fear or anxiety that Satan's trying to use to squeeze words out of our mouth that he can use against us, Father God, in Jesus' name. We bless those who curse us we pray for those who spitefully use us. We thank you, God. We bless those for their, that their salvation, God, will we be brought into the light, that they will be saved and they will be set free for their practices of witchcraft and divination and accusation, false accusation, injustices. Father God, we pray for their souls, that they will be saved and that Satan will be exposed and defeated by your goodness, by your love, because your love for us is strong and cannot be broken. Thank you, Jesus encourage each one today thank you lord that we're we're not giving up on you we're giving you glory mm-hmm. we're trusting you Amen. lord help us to just to trust solidly in you no matter what it looks like what it feels like no matter what's going on we're going to look to you 
We're going to believe you, mm-hmm. even though maybe expectations and hopes seem to be dashed. We're trusting you, mm-hmm. and you're bringing good Hallelujah. out of all these things. Yeah. Somehow you're going to do it. We can't see it, but we, Lord, we Thank will you. see it. We yes. can't see it now, but we will see it later. Yes, it's amen. like, oh, my Lord, you did a, you've done a great job you're there. You're faithful. You prove yourself faithful Mm -hmm. once again. And we praise you, God, for your faithfulness. And we thank you. It says, in everything, give thanks and rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. So rejoicing and thanking. I know it's not easy. I know it seems so uh, counterintuitive. But God says, do that. That that indicates that we're not breaking. That indicates we're still believing. So if you want to, hey, check us out at liferecovery.com. I think a great... um, uh, thing I'd like to you know um, give to you today to consider is um, the the book uh, a case for justice, but it really it really goes into the story of Job. It goes into the story of Abraham, David. Why you know what's a chastening? What's a correction? Uh, can God be trusted? Um, and and why do why do so many bad things happen to good people? That's the big stumbling block for the for the masses. If God is so good, then why? So that's a case for justice. You go there and check it out, liferecovery.com. God bless you and have an awesome, awesome day. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.